Road on Soquel area. Units are en route to the scene shortly before the top of the hour. As reported earlier, a traffic collision with minor injuries at in Monterey at Boronda Road and County Road 16. It looks like units are back at that scene. Looks like uh, one car is in need of a tow potentially. In the San Benito County area, traffic collision with no injuries shortly before after the bottom of the nine o'clock hour. Looks like a solo vehicle spin out. Units are en route to the scene shortly before 10 a.m. And also a traffic hazard in San Benito County, which houses Hollister and Gilroy. 101 southbound at San Martin. Vehicles are moving slowly and is causing a potential visual hazard for motorists. Your northern Monterey Basin for coast weather forecast for today. Continuing with partial clouds this morning. Sunshine breaking through in the afternoon with highs nearing 70. North winds around 5 miles per hour drifting Westbound 10 to 15 miles per hour in the afternoon. Seven minutes past the hour. Stay tuned for the Saturday special with your host, MZ. Saturday special is brought to you by Los Animas Concrete and the California Grill in Freedom at 1970 Freedom Boulevard. And now here is MZ. Oh, hello, Aaron. How are you? Good. How are you? Are you, um, I, I, your friendly voice is what I'm always fascinated with. The friendly voice of the, you, you know, the self-described, like self-described friendly voice. Do of you Aaron. not like it? No, it's great. I, I think it's wonderful. I think we should all have, I think there should be a friendly voice club, you know, that you should be the, the president of. I'm serious. I, I'm not going to bite off any more than I can chew. <laughs> oh, okay. All righty. Um, so I'm seeing on the board here that we don't have a uh, we don't have the, uh, the the guest on yet on the phone. That's right. I had a hard time. Uh, there was a little technical difficulty, but um, I'll have Richard take care of it right now. Oh, okay. That'll be great. So, um, what do you think about our our new uh, program schedule here? That's uh, now two weeks old. I think it's interesting. I think it's uh, interesting having. Charlie do 12 to noon, and I know, you know, we've had people who kind of wish that he still did, you know, his uh, old spiel of music and stuff, and then some people who are for the new thing. I think it's 50-50 across the board. Oh, okay. Have you been listening to the afternoon, the new afternoon drive show? Yes. I like Dave Michaels, and if you want my honest opinion, I am not a uh, traffic lackey kind of a guy. Oh, well, there are lots of people who are not traffic lackey kinds of guys and and others. Um, but I'm amazed at how many nonstop callers there are, you know, on that program that that uh, I've never heard before. And a lot of them are younger people, too. So that's pretty neat. And I think he's starting to grow on. I think the whole show is starting to grow on people. Anyhow, I still don't see anything on the board here. So um, it would be great if we could get our guests uh, up and running here. So uh why don't we start our show with our um, good morning jingle and hopefully get our people up on the board. Good morning, a brighter day is here. Good morning, may we bring you cheer. We've got time, we've got tunes, we've got time, tunes and temperatures. Get up and go, it's today you know on KSCO Radio. 
Well, good morning, Monterey Bay, Silicon Valley, and uh, everywhere in KSCO land, which is the entire um, the entire world. It's MZ welcoming you to hour number one of the KSCO Saturday special on the nation's leading independent uh, radio station. That would be AM 1080 KSCO. And uh, we hope you'll stay with us for the next two hours because I think you'll be happy you did. Good morning. Now stay right here on KSCO Radio. Before we get into the heat of the program, I want to make sure our levels are right. Am I coming in uh, from KSCO North 2 at the proper level, would you say, uh, Aaron? Sounded good. Okay, not too hot, not too cold. All right, that's great. Well, if uh, you've been listening to KSCO for any amount of time, you know that uh, one of our uh, favorite cause celebs is the ongoing uh, controversy um, of the Drake's Bay Oyster Farm up in uh, Marin, West Marin County. Uh, this is a company uh, that produces, I believe, 40% of the uh, oysters uh, that are consumed in California. And it has been in operation for, um, you know, 80 to 100 years in continuous operation. It is currently owned by the uh, Lunny family. And uh, back in in uh, November of uh, 2012, I believe, uh, they were given the shocking news. Uh, my dates might be, might, might be a little off here, but we've got Kevin Lunny, the owner of Drake's Bay Oyster Farm, uh, on the line here, and we'll be bringing him up in just a second. But um, it was... Um, it was at the end of uh, 2012, I believe, that they uh, were given the um, notice that their lease was not going to be renewed for another 40 years. And that had not been the understanding at all of, uh, of, uh, of the Lunnies when they purchased the property. Anyhow, there's been a big, long uh, uh, controversy. They've been ordered off the land and, and, to, and to deconstruct everything from all the oyster racks in the bay. I mean, talk about an environmental disruption. I mean, the government has has ordered them to disrupt the environment that uh, the same government has said uh, many times in the past that they are uh, exemplary stewards of the environment. So, <laughs> anyhow, go figure. It's, we, we've been we've been talking about that on and off. So I figured it would be time for a uh, an update on the oyster farm situation. There has been a new development, I believe, in the last week. So let's bring on uh, Kevin Lunny, uh, who is, uh, for some reason here, okay, here we go. Here's Kevin. Kevin, I think, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, good morning, Michael. Oh, good morning. How you doing? Great, thank you. Okay, uh, so, boy, I mean, it would take hours to to describe all of the machinations, you know, involving the courts and everything. It's it, it's amazing, and I'm very, very personally very happy that you guys are still operating uh, because you've been you've been to hell, and you're you're con you continue to be in hell with your with your legal problems here. 
but there was a little ray of sunshine, I think, uh, this, this week, right? That's correct. Yep. In, uh, Superior Court in Marin County, State Court. Uh huh. And what, what happened there, Kevin? Well, one of the things that's been going on, this ongoing, um, debate that's, you know, turned into, you know, it was a discussion that turned into a debate that finally, finally turned into a full-blown controversy, um, and uh, even even being called a scandal. And one of the things that uh, has happened with the National Park Service, um, when they made up the claims of environmental harm, um, and he actually kind of before they were all knocked down, National Academy of Sciences and Marine Mammal Commission and Interior Solicitor's Office and others all... Um, recognized that the Park Service made that up and they were inaccurate. Well, they, they began working closely, when I say they, the Park Service working closely with the California Coastal Commission. And what happened is the California Coastal Commission recycled all the false claims of environmental harm. They had no independent data whatsoever. They hadn't done any studies. They just recycled old claims. And uh, so... With that, they said we need to uh, we need to issue a cease and desist order and a restoration order because you could be kicked out by the feds. So we're going to make you tear out all the racks. We're going to make you, you know, take your twenty million oysters and put them in a landfill. And uh, I think you put it well, MZ. What they were really creating was potentially a, a disaster, an environmental disaster, because as we know. Everywhere else in the world, people are encouraged to do shellfish aquaculture because of the ecosystem services, the filter feeding, and, and we know how valuable they are in the estuary, and we know that the, they're, in Drake's Estero, there are you know, Native American shell mounds surrounding the Estero all around it. So we know that shellfish have been there for a very long time. And so just to tear all that out um, was, you know, has real potential to do environmental harm. But the, so the, when the Coastal Commission issued this cease and desist order against us, we did everything. Which was when, Kevin? This was in, uh, February of 2013. And, um, we had been negotiating and trying to, um, trying to work out these issues with the Coastal Commission because they were wrong and there, there was no reason for it. So we were just trying to work through it. But the timing was such, right when we were going to federal court on the uh, decision by the Interior Secretary to kick us out, um, right before we went to court, they did the, the Coastal Commission cut off our negotiations and um, and then announced on their website that they're going to take a unilateral enforcement action against Drake's Bay. And we said, what just happened? Well, of course, what was the first thing out of the Department of Justice uh, mouth in, uh, in federal court is say, oh, look, Your Honor, um, Drake's Bay, they're, they're, they're bad players. Look, now even the Coastal Commission has to do enforcement against them. So they work together. It's kind of a tag team. So what happened is... That enforcement action would have put us out of business. We wouldn't even have been able to wait to see what happens in federal court because the, because the Coastal Commission um, order would have just killed us. And putting we, you out of business also puts, what is it, 30 families you have working there out of 
out of home. Is that correct? Yep. They lose their jobs. They lose their home. We lose the last oyster cannery in the state of California. Um, so these people that have this kind of expertise will have no place to go. There's no other oyster farm that has a cannery, you know, a shucking and packing plant. Um, and as you say, you know, a third of the state's oysters would that would cease to exist. Um, so we'd have to import them from overseas because we can't even come close to meeting domestic demand as it is. So... So the, here's the here's the problem. We were forced to file a lawsuit against the Coastal Commission, and the lawsuit was clear. When we before we went to um, the Coastal Commission hearing, where they voted to um, take unilateral cease and desist action against Drake's Bay. We had submitted about 400 pages of documentation and declarations from experts all over the nation on these marine resources and experts that had done research right in Drake's Estero. We had all that data because of the work we've been doing with the federal government, right? So we provided all this data. It was completely exculpatory. It, it demonstrated that there's no harm coming from the oyster farm. It's doing just fine with the ecosystem, and their, and their allegations were wrong. So when we went into the uh, Coastal Commission hearing, the first thing that the Coastal Commission staff did was to recommend to the commissioners that they exclude all the data that Drake's Bay submitted. Just exclude it. Strike it from the record. And if you can believe it, we, we all were in complete astonishment. The commissioners agreed, fine, we just won't accept their evidence. So what they did is they took unilateral action against Drake's Bay, excluded our evidence, and, uh, and so it, 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 was, it was completely unfair. And so what that actually... Judge, is, jury, and executioner, right? That's right. That's right. And it's the same people. It's the same lawyers that go from one place to the next place. Um, so what happened is that is a clear violation of CEQA, the California Environmental Quality Act. They, the CEQA tells these agencies that they do have to do environmental review. If they're going to do a major action like tearing out an 80-year-old farm and um, five miles of oyster racks in the bay, all the shellfish, and then they said, oh, we don't need to do any environmental review. Well, that was one part of the lawsuit. And what happened, We've this was finally heard now in state court. We have a tentative ruling. We don't have the final ruling from the judge, but... From what I and from from what the judge has in his tentative, he found that the Coastal Commission, in fact, did violate the law. They violated CEQA, and the other part of his decision. Wow, is, is, has that ever happened before? Well, from what we're told, it hasn't. We don't. We I don't really know. It probably happens all the time. They probably violate the law every time. But have has has ever has it ever been? Um, you know. Um, pointed out by a judge that well here's one of the things that we did here he even went further he called this an abuse of discretion he 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 called he says that the coastal commission was abusive 
And that's exactly the term we would have used, right? That that's that is what's going on. It was something that we we couldn't believe what was happening. It was appearing before our eyes. When we went to that that hearing that I was describing, um, where they took unilateral action against us, the staff actually put up on the screen a picture that was ten years old from before we were even at the oyster farm, and it showed debris everywhere. It showed buildings that weren't supposed to be there, and they were falling down. And it said and none of the commissioners had been to our farm except one. And they looked at this and say, look at this violator. Look at the mess. When they, they took a, a Did photo. anybody have a chance to point out that that photograph was 10 years old? Well, let me, let me tell you that what happened. Um, we looked up and, and we were just completely astonished. They took a 2003 photo and relabeled it 2013. But when we, our, our attorney wanted to ask questions, they said, no, you can't ask any questions. So one of our complaints is a due process complaint. Our lawyers say, you know, they can't exclude evidence and rule against you and then not even allow for cross-examination because our attorney said if they could have asked the other attorneys who acted as if they were experts, they're not scientists, but they're acting as if they were experts on the science, if they would have had a chance to ask them a few questions and cross-examine, could have solved this whole thing because they were wrong, and it would have been easy to demonstrate that. But excluding the evidence and refusing to let us ask any questions, it, it was um, beyond imagination. So one of our complaints is a, um, was a violation of our due process, and uh, the judge at this point has not agreed with our argument, but he heard some oral argument this week that was pretty compelling because we're pretty clear that we're right on this, on the law, and he may reconsider, but we don't know. Uh, so we didn't, get to, uh, we, we didn't get a chance to ask and point these things out. By the time, after the staff did their presentation, frankly, the way I put it is, you know, I was toast. They were shaking their head at me, pointing at me as they're looking at each other. I was, um, I was completely destroyed. It, was like a, it felt like a lynching. Um, and it wasn't fair, and it wasn't honest. And uh, the one, the one commissioner on the coastal commission that had been to the farm, and he knows us because he's fr he's a supervisor of our district in Marin County, so we know him. Now he's chairman. He's he's uh, the chair of the California Coastal Commission, Steve Kinsey. Steve Kinsey, at the end of that hearing, he he came out and said something that was really powerful. He said that was, um, that was character assassination, and he said that was incorrect. This family does care about the environment. They're, they're leaders in sustainable agriculture. Thank God. So County. I wasn't aware that, that he had, had been uh, elevated, I, guess, I don't know if that's the right word, to the Coastal Commission from the, from the Board of Supervisors at Moran County. Yeah, we were actually so you do glad. you do have an advocate who happens to be the, the, the chair of the, of the Coastal Commission now? Yeah, but that didn't help us. Um, th that was uh, the rest of the commissioners who had never been to the farm listened to this, took it as fact, excluded our data, uh, denied a chance for questioning, and found against us. And uh, so then, when we 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 were forced to sue because we, otherwise we're out of business, and we had a good reason to sue, and the judge just reaffirmed that. Um, the Coastal Commission then 
retaliated. They filed a cross-complaint against us after we sued them. You know, a citizen has a right to ask the agencies to act properly, right? Well, they got... I would they, think so. Well, they became vindictive, at least it appears, because they turned around and filed a cross-complaint and are assessing millions of dollars in fines, are attempting to assess millions of dollars. And they're, they're beginning discovery, and they're just... They're, gonna, they're killing us, okay? Uh, but um, your earlier question, from what I understand, so what? So what? The, what's the upshot of winning in court if this tentative stays? It vacates those orders, but for the most part, the bad parts. He, the judge decided to leave a few of the of the requirements in, like um, you can't throw your debris into the estuary. Well, that's fine. <laughs> um, you can't uh, you can't put your oyster bags in eelgrass. That's fine. That's been a rule for 20-something years, and Fish and Wildlife regulate that. And But if you want to pile it on, fine. That doesn't hurt us. But the bad things of the restoration order, tearing out all the racks, the judge basically... Uh, rejected it. it. Said go back and do it right, Coastal Thank Commission. God. Yeah. And we think that this is the first enforcement action that has ever been rejected by the courts for the Coastal Commission, which I find hard to believe. But I don't know if you're aware the Coastal Commission is looking for more enforcement power and they've been lobbying the legislature to give them the power to assess and collect fines without going to court and they are they got very close to that passing and they're lobbying hard and one of the things that they're telling the legislature is well we're that's because we're good guys we're protecting the and we're protecting the coastline and we've never had an enforcement action overturned that's because we're so fair um this might uh, not allow them to say that anymore so it's it's interesting this could this could benefit people you know, up and down the coastline. If, we don't know if it's going to benefit Drake's Bay because we were, you know, as you know, we've just last week or, or the beginning of this week, we filed for a petition for cert in the U.S. Supreme Court. So um, this is the first time you've, you've sought relief from the Supreme Court of the land. It's unbelievable, you know. Um, so what happens now? Are you waiting for them to decide whether they're going to hear it or not? And if they decide not that they're not going to hear it, it's all over for you? Is that basically what's going on here? Essentially. Um, here's what it is. Remember, what we're asking for in the courts is simply for an injunction so that we can continue to operate during the pendency of the lawsuit. We still have no – nobody's ever listened for a moment – uh, about the merits of the lawsuit. All we've asked for is an injunction so that when the, when we start on the lawsuit, um, we can continue in business. And we've been denied that in federal court. And so, that, and we've been denied that in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. So the Supreme Court's going to look at this and, uh, and decide whether we should have an injunction or not. It, it still means that if, if they give us an injunction, then we have to follow through with the lawsuit where we can, we're pretty confident that we're going to be able to demonstrate that the Secretary of the Interior's um, decision was uninformed. He, uh, there, it, was, it was made based on a misinterpretation of law. He was clearly wrong on the law. And he relied on false information 
from some of the false claims of environmental harm. He thought that the environmental impact statement done by the Park Service was correct when it was actually, he, he cited a misrepresented piece that was clear and easy to point to how it was wrong. So he was misinformed on the science and he's misinformed on the law. And that makes that an arbitrary and capricious decision. And it should be redone. Um, but we can't go to court really until we finish with this uh, preliminary injunction um, through now all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, the bad news is that you have to go through all that hassle and expense. The good news is that it keeps you from having to shut down, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. You know, that's one of the things people recognize is, well, at least you get to keep operating. But I have to tell you what, trying to operate a business in this climate when you're constantly working with these brilliant lawyers, I mean, our, our legal team is just amazing and they're dedicated. And as you know, they're doing this on a pro bono basis. Because um, it's the right thing to do, yeah. Because it's the right thing to do. They just came forward and they said, you know, we cannot stand by and watch, you know, these, you know, federal agency or state agency out of control and acting badly. You need help. Um, so, but it's so hard because what do we do? This is a farm. And a farm, you plant so you can harvest. And it's about a two-year cycle. And we've had a president cabinet member tell us we're kicked out. Then we've gone to district court, and Judge Gonzalez Rogers affirmed it. And then we went to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and they still agreed that we should be kicked out. So, what and the basis is, is in their right the, mind, and the basis that, would be that they say you should be kicked out is simply that they're. They're reaffirming uh, Ken Salazar's decision, basically, that, uh, you know, he decided when he was in office that you are, are in power, I guess, uh, because it was not an elected. It, was that an elected office? No, it's a cabinet. No. That's what you said. Yeah. No. Um, and you're so right. When he was in power, he decided unilaterally that you, for whatever reason, he decided that, that your 40 um, year lease should not be renewed. Um, and that's that. Now, I suppose, can the person who's in power now in that position, you know, re reverse that decision and, and stop all of this? Um, yes, she could have, um, but she didn't. So, um, so we're still, uh, you know, we're still fighting this, this horrible battle. Um, oy, oy, oy. And you're right. Well, you're how's your business? How, how, how's your business? Otherwise, I mean, I'm, you're still you still have the same output, right? And and you know, a lot of people are cheering for you and rooting for you and everything. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Um, business is wonderful. People are fantastic. People everywhere know about this issue. Our county is so supportive. They've they've had a couple of different polls, and they all end up about the same. Um, they're uh, about 85% of the of the respondents in Marin County want to keep the oyster farm. Um, and that's Marin County, uh, where we're extremely green, extremely um, liberal, uh, you'd ex very pro-government, and you'd expect uh, to you know, be very pro-environment um, without people, right? Right, which is your, which you, you just described your, your operation. It's unbelievable. I've been there twice, or maybe three times. 
and I, I would invite, and presumably you will as the owner, uh, anybody who's listening to come and visit the operation. It's absolutely amazing. It's, it's not a big corporate thing at all. In fact, that you, that you have the output that you do is nothing short of amazing to me. And yes, that you have that cannery there, which is really a bottle or right? I mean, you know, or do you can? I don't know. No, I saw just, bottles. Just, uh, suck and, and pack into jars. So it's fresh, it's fresh oysters in jars. Right. And, and it takes about what, maybe it's, it's an hour drive north from uh, the city of San Francisco. You know, when you're getting onto the, to the Golden Gate Bridge, it, if you drive a normal speed with normal traffic, you'll, you'll be at Drake's Bay Oyster Farm in, in probably a little less than an hour. Am I right? Yeah, it's about an hour, right? Uh huh. And uh, I've you've heard me say this before. Um, you, know, you have an opportunity to check it out. Um, you're, you're operating, uh, you know, seven days a week. Is that correct, or are you off Sunday? Or no, we're we're open seven days a week. Uh, the staff works five days, but we do work. Um, Saturday because it's uh, it's fun for the visitors to see the process going on and uh, and 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 business is good but it is it's like I say what the tricky part is we've been told we're going to be kicked out so we haven't been planting oysters like we would if we knew we were you know we weren't going to be kicked out so we're actually it's hard to keep morale up because we have like we have thousands and thousands of oyster bags stacking up on the shore that aren't going back out with well, new oysters. So, wait a second. I mean, you've obviously thought this out, you know, and, and who, but it would seem to me that, you know, business is as usual or business should be as usual until you are ordered out and that order is, is uh, ratified by the highest court in the land. Well, that is true, MZ, except from a financial standpoint, the, the Park Service's order that they're they're dying to step in. They're, they have their toes in the starting blocks. They want to come in and stop our operation. And what the order says is we have to remove all the oysters from the bay and kill them. They have to go into a landfill. So if we spend a half a million dollars this year planting, we can't recover that. It means we have to go pull all those oysters out and put them in a landfill. You can't you can't move live aquatic animals between one suppose you say suppose you say and this is probably true suppose you say if god forbid you know that's the way it comes down and that's the final word is you guys are done you got to go suppose you just say hey i'm sorry i don't have the money to do that i don't have the money to take to, to gather up all these uh, th- uh, uh, all these oysters and put them in a landfill you do it government you do it what would happen mm-hmm. then well, that's one of the things that the Coastal Commission was trying to pin us down on um, to hold us personally responsible. In other words, they were they were trying to get through the corporate veil so that that we personally, the owners, could be held accountable. When our attorney questioned that, they said, "Well, we don't want to have to go through the effort of piercing the corporate veil." And and our attorney says, "Well, do you understand?" California corporate law. We can't agree to that. So what they did is they kind of rejected our negotiations, as I said, and then just did it unilaterally. So that, of course, now is vacated because the court stepped in and said, no, this is an abuse of discretion. Yeah. But um, this is the same California Coastal Commission. Mm-hmm. 
is the 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 single. We've actually done a complete Saturday special on the subject of of the most uh, unaccountable um, uh, agency probably on planet Earth is the California Coastal Commission, and apparently mm-hmm. they want more money now for more staff and authorization to assess more fines. Yes, that's correct. That's what they're working towards. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, so anyway, it's, we, we can continue to plant, and we have been, but not at the rate that we would normally be. So we, we'll pro- if we win this in the Supreme Court and then we, uh, the, the Interior Department has to rethink this decision and, and decides to allow this historic farm, which, is, as you know, it's in the middle of all the farmland. This is, we're surrounded by working landscapes, livestock agriculture, commercial operations down to every shoreline. We're in the middle of the Point Reyes National Seashore. Yeah, but there's not a million, there's not, it's not a dense operation. If you go up there, it's, it's nothing but open space, really. That's and it's right. absolutely amazing that there, that, there, that there are these commercial operations that have minimal or zero impact on the environment. And in the case of the oyster farm, I submit, and many other people who understand science better than I do, that it, it actually is is an asset to the environment, not not a detriment. That's correct. Because the, because the oysters uh, uh, filter the water. You know, that, they filter the seawater. They filter it out from toxins and so forth. We're talking with Kevin Lunny, the owner of Drake's Bay uh, Oyster Farm here on KSCO on the Saturday Special. My name is MZ. And I'm going to invite you to uh, call in and uh, participate in the program. The phone number to call, as always, is 831 area code 479-1080. You can also participate via email. Uh, my email address is mz at ksco.com. Um, and uh, we're getting an update. Um, we're getting an update from Kevin on on the the hell that he's been going through. Am I right about uh, 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 November of twenty twelve? Uh, Is that right? Is that the right That's date? Correct. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, November twenty twelve. Okay. So it's not. Yeah. yeah it's 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 a year. It's just it's coming up on a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but actually, actually, this sort of started before then. You you were. You were nervous that that uh, the um, that, that the when did you become nervous that the that lease might not be renewed? Well, we took over operate. We purchased the farm. Well, it's public land, just like every oyster farm in the entire state of California. All submerged lands are public lands, and all oyster farmers operate. Um, based on permits or leases from California Department of Fish and Game, uh, because it's in the public interest to produce food and uh, to do it sustainably in our tidelands. So we purchased that leasehold interest from the Johnson family, who's there before us, in 2004, and we took over in January of 2005. And in the first few months, things were fantastic. We spent, actually, literally, we borrowed a bunch of money to get things you know, fixed up and restore production. We spent about $300,000 just cleaning up, doing the demolition that was necessary and, and clean up. And we hauled over 1,800 cubic yards of debris to the dumps. And and the community was thrilled. The Park Service was thrilled. They were actually quoted in the newspaper talking about how fantastic it is, what the Lennies are doing, okay? But then in the spring... And this is this has even been confirmed in federal court. 
the uh, Department of Justice attorneys have, you know, conceded that it was in the spring after we took over that the park superintendent then gave me a solicitor's opinion. And that solicitor's opinion says, oh, um, we don't have the authority to renew this lease in 2012. So he handed us that in 2005. And I looked up, and so he said, I'm, so he gave us a draft, uh, and we were all stunned, right? Then he gave us a draft. Oh, gosh, so, so it was really seven years before the, the November of 2012 that you really, the hell That's really right. began in, 20, in 2005 is what in you're saying. 2005 right? is when hell began. Oh, and, then, and then the Park Service started um, doing lots and lots of things. It, enough things that were, uh, I would call them abusive, not allowing us to fix the road going into the site, and then they wouldn't fix it. And the customers were having a fit because their cars would get all banged up trying to come in, um, but they wouldn't let us fix the potholes. Um, they wouldn't, you know, I could go on and on. There were about 15 different things, items, until finally the Interior's Inspector General um, agreed that there's something wrong here and did an investigation, okay? Right. So it's, it, it, ha- it began in 2005, and it started off with the Park Service saying, well, you know, we just it's, it's a policy thing and we just can't renew the lease. Well, we believe that we finally worked through that. The, the real deal, the real um, agreement when they created the Point Reyes National Seashore out of private land is because the land owners, before it was a unit of the National Park Service, did a beautiful job, and they wanted to preserve those working landscapes. So this was a great experiment and a great agreement between the landowners, uh, environmentalists, and government that these operations would stay in perpetuity Oyster Farm is one of them, and as part of the working landscapes of Point Reyes. So this issue here is overturning, you know, a 50-year agreement, and there is nothing to point to um, why they should do this. So we think we had them pretty convinced by the end of 2005 that there's no policy reasons they can't renew, just like they're renewing the ranches all around us, right? Um, So what they did is they turned... Uh, they turn their focus not to law and policy anymore, but to environmental harm. And that's when, uh, so it was late 2005, early 2006, when the Park Service then said, oh, it's not about law and policy. We just can't have anything that's destructive to the environment. And they alleged that we were, just, we, they alleged we caused an 80% decline in harbor seals since we took over. And we're saying, what? They, they allege that we're destroying the eelgrass habitat, we're, we're causing harm to the sediments, I mean, on and on and on. And they wrote a 25-page paper called Drake's Estero, a sheltered wilderness estuary, and was chock full of this un, these unbelievable claims. And anybody who read that thought would say, God, you've got to get rid of that oyster farm. Problem was, none of it was true. And right. um, we, we have uh, we have some callers wanting to go on with you now. We also have an, an email. I, I realize I've been remiss in letting people know that, uh, but this is tip, pretty typical here for me being remiss. It's also being pretty typical that my mom Kay is uh, at the radio station uh, to uh, for anybody who wants to come in uh, and say hello and sign books. Although 
I do want her to hear everything of this particular program because I think that uh, your situation uh, would make a great, great commentary. Aaron, I don't know if you're there. Uh, is, is my mom there in the studio or is she up front? Um, nobody's there right now. So I, I'm at KSCO North too, so I can't really tell. Uh, I, I don't have, I don't have video eyes here turned on at the radio station. So, uh, but in any case. Uh, oh, she is up front? Okay. Great. So I just wanted to let people know that, uh, Kay is there to, uh, sign copies of, of, uh, her book if anyone wants to come by 2300 Portola Drive. Uh, Richard is there uh, to uh, fix you up with uh, Beyond Tangy Tangerine or any of the health supplements uh, that keep your radio station going and keep you going. Um, and uh, you're listening to the KSCO Saturday Special today featuring Kevin Lunny, who is the owner. He, he and, his, uh, and his wife Nancy uh, uh, own an amazing uh, environmentally sensitive um, uh Operation uh, that's a uh, aquaculture farm farms uh, uh, oysters at Drake's Bay Estero in West Marin County. Uh, I highly, highly recommend uh, I, that you visit this operation. It's just it's it's a sight it's a sight to behold. You can pick up some oysters while you're there, or even if you don't like oysters, you can uh, you should just sort of take take in the operation and 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 just be astounded at what the federal government is doing to these people and 30 families who work there and uh, many of whom live there. So uh, we're talking, we're getting an update on that situation. Uh, real quick here, uh, an email from John Mallory, John in Boulder Creek. The problem here is the way these laws come to be, laws are in quotations, agencies make law. Their laws are not reviewed by our representatives and affirmed by them. These agencies want more funding, so they lie. They want a law enforcement arm. They use protecting, in quotes, the environment as a blanket excuse to grab money and power. We need a ballot initiative to end allowing agencies to make laws without the representatives who created them being responsible. I think that's a great idea, and thank you, uh, John and Boulder Creek, for sending that email to mz at ksco.com. Let's see here. Um, Let's go to our first caller here. That would be John in Carmel. Welcome, John, to the Saturday Special with Kevin Lunny and MZ. You're on. Hey, Kevin, Michael. It's so sad that these Nazis who have political pull and have got in are 100% there and taking away from what we want in California and the United States. You know, it's the same thing as with that cattle guy. I, I hope, I don't think Californians will do it, but I would hope that somebody would arm up and stop this from happening. These Nazis have too much power, and I would like to see them personally sued on individual basis where they have to pay for their own legal fees. And these people just keep on EIR and EIR and EIR so that they can make a living and need, need more people. It's like the Monterey Peninsula Water District. That's all these people do. And the sad part about it is they have unlimited funds to take care of, of, of prosecuting you an unlimited time, and they go home and they don't care. It's done. So I feel sorry for you. I hope things work out. Um, I love your oysters, and that's all I got to say about that. 
So, uh, you, you know for sure that, uh, I mean, can, can you, can you buy Drake's Bay oysters, uh, there in Monterey? Uh, or, or in, uh, Carmel, John? I don't know. I would assume where I get my oysters are two restaurants. And I would make an assumption that they came from up there or some of them come up from up there. Uh, and then we have a, a restaurant called Aw Shucks that uh, has oysters. And, you know, the next time I go in there, I'll ask them. Okay, great. Well, thanks for calling the Saturday special. That was John and Carmel. Here comes, uh, and that opens up a line at 479-1080. 479-1080 in Area 831. This is KSCO Saturday special with uh, Drake's Bay Oyster Farm owner Kevin Lunny and uh, MZ. And here is Mike in San Jose. Mike, you're on. Hey there, uh, Kevin. Uh, you gotta be careful with these coastal commission people. You know, over d- down south from you there in Pacifica, remember the erosion that happened a few years ago? Yep. They just let it happen. They wouldn't do anything. They, they were gonna let people die, basically. Not just say people die, but people's properties be completely destroyed. They lost, I don't know how many, how many, uh, feet of of shoreline in a matter of seconds and the people at the California Coastal Commission wouldn't do anything in an emergency way to put up cement blocks or natural rock or anything because they just wanted it to go back to nature. Like that's how insane these people are. And my friend who is a left winger, he got a taste of his own left wing medicine from these crazies that work for the California Coastal Commission. I don't know what finally happened, why they were allowed to put, put the blocks in, uh, you know, cement blocks to prevent further erosion. It was almost, I don't want to say it was like a standoff what happened in southern Nevada, but I think the people were almost afraid. The people of the California Commission realized that if they didn't do something, that the people were just going to go crazy because you're just going to watch your, your property just, you know, go into the ocean, basically. So you're going to have to really fight these guys, and you're going to have to get some pretty good lawyers and, you know, what's Diane Feinstein and Barbara Boxer done for you lately? What's good old Jerry, if it's Brown, flush it done for you lately? You know, you gotta get a, you gotta get a hold of those people and tell, and tell them what's up if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're, you're, you know, you're, I mean, Governor Brown, Governor Brown should be able to do something because that's the California Coastal Commission. What the hell's wrong? You mean, you mean to tell me all these rich ruling elite Democrats, they don't eat oysters on the half shell? Please. Every one of them does, you know, with a glass of champagne. So uh, I, I think that, that you, I mean, I know you're probably doing everything you can. I, who knows what, how much money you've spent on lawyers and in the court system and the most valuable thing, which is your time. But, I mean, maybe, like, to fix the roads, have a bunch of people going at night like volunteers. And uh, I swear to God, the people who went to the Bundy Ranch, look what happened to those, look what happened to those armed BLM guys. They hightailed it out of there, didn't they? Of course, of course, you know, you have a guy like uh, Harry Reid shaking his fist saying it's not over yet, but he's a mealy mouth wimp. He couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag. Well, you know, he's, he's not very, be very, very powerful, uh, Mike and Sam. He's no. not going to be. Yeah, yeah, but he, yeah, you know, you know what? He sounds he like he isn't. A but he's, he is very, very, very powerful. But, but get. But guess what? He, he, he's losing his power. The people in Nevada are not going to reelect him. And he's crazy. I mean, you ever seen him talk? I mean, they always he doesn't say. make That's any they've sense. been saying for years and he, he gets, he gets reelected. I don't know where you Well, get, I don't think, 
it's not well because I have a friend who lives down in Las Vegas. He says that you know there was a lot of people who absolutely hate Harry Reid who would keep electing him. But this last time, it has to do with his behavior on you know his, his the way he speaks. He's not right. You know, I mean, the, the only thing he's missing is a bathrobe. You know, and and slippers wandering around in a neighborhood he shouldn't be in. You know, that's how he's behaving. So I want to say that some, didn't he call some good people terrorists? By name, yes, yeah. He basically, basically, uh, he said that they were domestic terrorists. Well, who who are the terrorists? They, they the people who the, the, people, the people who came to show support for yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The owner of the people who came to support the people who came to support Clive Bundy uh -huh. were called domestic terrorists, and Clive Bundy and his family they were never armed. A couple people did show up armed in support of him, but hey, when they're when they've got you know snarling dogs like they had in the Nazi concentration camps, snipers at strategic points like they had at Nazi concentration camps, and armed people pointing guns at you like at Nazi concentration camps, that's exactly what arms are for, right? It's against a tyrannical government. You know, I've always said that in 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 Europe during that time, if you know, if, uh, one, I'm kind of paraphrasing Michael Savage here. Every Jew of 22, and I say a little bit of kung fu. You know, if that would have, if they would have had that, there wouldn't have been concentration camps in World War II. You imagine if every single Nazi SS shows up to your apartment, you drill them with a 22. You know, I mean, that's what guns are for. Guns aren't for hunting. They're to, they're to defend yourself against all tyrannical governments. So, you know, it's uh, interesting and, and how the, when people... Forget the criminals. Yeah, yeah, and criminals. When, when, when the people showed up with guns and were armed and had, and had a little... They had more people than just the Bundy family. It's amazing how the BLM backed off. And I'll tell you, why haven't they put Clive Bundy in jail? Why haven't they put the people at Drake's Bay in jail or put a lien on their property because they don't have anything on them. Like if you have the government, Kevin, Kevin, you know, has anybody ever asked you that, or has anybody ever brought that up about the lien on your property? No. Oh, wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. No, it's a lease. So that. So what do you it's care? It's a lease, I mean, and it's it's already. It doesn't apply. It doesn't it's federal apply. property, okay. right? All right. Okay. Okay, but Kevin, I mean, like, have they threatened you with, like, maybe a lien on your bank account or other properties that you own or, or garnishing your, your, not wages, but your profits? I mean, there's all kinds of things the government can do. I mean, the government will spend a million dollars to get a dollar back. Something tells me that whether it's Kevin at Drake's Bay or Clive Bundy in Southern Nevada, they are, it's, it's just a, they're just wearing you down in the courts because they don't have anything. If they, I mean, if you owe the government anything or you do something bad, they will put shackles on you and put you in a dirty cage. So something tells me that that they haven't been able to prove this with with Kevin down at Drake's Bay, over at Grace Bay, or Clive Bundy. It's it's just power. It's just they they are like the Camer Rouge, but they're only using a court system, right? right? Okay. And, and Jeff, interesting. Jeff Creaky, Jeff Creaky, C R E Q U E in Petaluma says, "Can you please cut the right wing nutcase rant and take another call?" Thanks, Jeff. Well, now, Jeff, is he talking about Jeff, you, Mike? Maybe, but I'm not a right. I'm not. I'm not a right winger. I'm a libertarian. And if he thinks I'm a right wing nut, what is he? I want to know. Have him call in, and we can hear. We can hear Jeff, his Jeffrey, Jeffrey, please call in, Jeffrey. By the way, in another email, it says to me, 
Thanks to the Lunny family for their ongoing defense of the right of people in the state of California to sustainably farm shellfish. Uh, you know, I second that emotion for sure. Can Kevin speak to the failure of the California Fish and Game Commission to defend its authority in the face of the California Coastal Commission's attempt to usurp that authority in Drake's Astero? Thanks, uh, Jeff and Petaluma. Okay, Kevin. Uh, thanks, Mike, in, uh, in San Jose. Appreciate your right. call. Always a great call. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Sure. Um, well, Jeff makes a, a good point. Um, one of the obvious problems um, that has really given power to um, the Coastal Commission is that the, the Department of Fish and Wildlife and the Fish and Game Commission, um, they're the ones... They're the, they're the agencies with the authority to issue shellfish leases and to regulate those leases. And when they pass the Coastal Act, right in the Coastal Act, it says that the Coastal Commission may not duplicate or exceed any controls put on by the, by the Fish and Game because... Fish and Game is part of our state's constitution. They were here long before the Coastal Commission. So in the 1970s, the Coastal Commission comes along. So the legislature wants to make sure they don't have this um, um, crossover of authority or duplication of authority. So they put right in the Coastal Act that the Coastal Commission is supposed to stay away from fish and wildlife and fish and game's um, authority. So we, of course... See, when, when the Coastal Commission steps in and says, no, you can't grow manila clams, and no, you can't grow that, we're going to limit your production on oysters. They're telling us, no, you can't exceed, you know, 2007's oyster production. We're saying, well, why? What's the harm? I mean, just tell us, tell us, give us a why, because our fish and game lease says that we're supposed to be improving the leases and growing more, because it's in the public benefit to produce food, and if we don't grow more, we could lose our, our lease. And so the, we have a lease that tells us we can grow manila clams, and it's been approved in Drake's Estero since 1993. Yeah, Kevin, I, I hold that thought. If you Hopefully you can stay over with us for some, at least some of the next hour. Susan and Live Oak, you've been holding for uh, yeah. five-plus minutes. Stay with us, please. We will carry this over into hour number two of the Saturday special right here on KSCO Santa Cruz, Salinas, Monterey, San Jose. Stay with us. We will be back right after CBS News at 11 a.m. now. CBS News, I'm Steve Dorsey. The crew member steering a ferry that sunk off the coast of South Korea was navigating the area for the first time, according to authorities there. At least 36 people are dead, hundreds missing. CBS News reporter Don Kirk is there. Divers broke through the windows for the first time. They broke into the ship and found and extracted three bodies. It's the first time they've gotten bodies off the ship. Previously, they've found bodies floating in the water. The ferry's captain and two crew members are under arrest. They're accused of negligence. Search teams have recovered a 13th body on Mount Everest. It comes a day after an avalanche swept over a group of Sherpa guides. CBS News correspondent Alan Pizzi. Survivors of the deadliest disaster yet on the world's highest peak were brought down by helicopter. Four of them are in intensive care, suffering from broken ribs, fractured limbs, punctured lungs, and skin abrasions. Three guides are still missing. A U.S. drone strike has killed nine suspected al-Qaeda militants and some civilians in Yemen, according to an official there. 
CBS News senior national security analyst Juan Zarati says American counterterrorism officials consider the al-Qaeda branch base in Yemen the most dangerous. This strike today in Yemen demonstrates that counterterrorism officials remain concerned about al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, the al-Qaeda affiliate in Yemen. It's growing fighters there, it's capabilities not just to foment instability in Yemen, but to attack and plot uh, abroad. And a nationwide criminal investigation is underway into the theft of thousands of pairs of athletic shoes. I'm Gary Nunn. Federal authorities reportedly have busted a black market sneaker operation that flourished in Nike's headquarters in Beaverton, Oregon. Nike employees ripped off and sold sample athletic shoes for as much as $20,000 a pair. Nike's basketball promo product manager worked with his alleged middleman and a reseller in Florida, netting tens of thousands of dollars a year. The manager secretly ordered pre-production Nike sneakers known as look-see models from the company factory in China. At least one of the principal suspects has been arrested. Gary Nunn, CBS News. Alan G. Witcher. Remembering the 168 killed in the bombing of the federal building in Oklahoma City 19 years ago, Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon says the city has rebounded from the tragedy, though it will never forget it. It could have easily crippled our city. It could have easily crippled our state. It could have left our people hopeless, but it did not. Among those killed, 19 were children. A Delta Airlines plane from Detroit to Denver landed safely after an unspecified potential security threat. The plane taxied to a remote area after landing at Denver International Airport. The FBI says the agency didn't believe the threat was credible, but exercised caution. This is CBS News. MSNBC presents Growing Hope. When a voice is empowered to action, when a light shines on equality and justice, the seed of hope is sown. It drives you to tackle the hard stuff, to stop gun violence, protect voter rights, to fight so that everyone has access to health care, and make sure no one falls through the cracks. As hope grows, so does the power of people. Learn more at msnbc.com slash growinghope. TrueCar.com, it's the new way to buy a car. With TrueCar.com, there are three easy steps that could save you over $3,000 off MSRP. First, go to TrueCar.com and see what others paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third, print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a hassle-free buying experience. Save time and money. Never overpay for a car again. Visit TrueCar.com today. You have it tuned in to KSCO AM 1080 and KOMY AM 1340, serving Santa Cruz, San Jose, Salinas, Monterey, and Watsonville. Currently four minutes past 11 a.m. on Saturday, April 19, 2014. It's your friendly voice, Aaron Shore, with your local King of the Hill traffic and Central Coast weather brought live to you. Taking a look at your roadways in and around Santa Cruz, Highway 1 north and southbound is traveling up into the limit. However, an accident uh, at 8129 West Zianti Road has taken place. Looks like one of the vehicles went into a creek. Units are at the scene. Also, there is a severe delay just past the fish hook on Highway 1 northbound. It will not clear up until you pass over the San Lorenzo River Bridge near the connection to River Street. Highway 1 southbound is in the clear. In Hollister-Gilroy, which 
or in uh, San Benito County, which houses Hollister and Gilroy. An accident at 101 northbound just near South Route 156. Looks like units are still at that scene. A minor traffic collision happened earlier this morning. Units are still clearing the accident. Your Northern Monterey Bay Central Coast uh, weather forecast for today. Looks like sunshine is breaking through out there, breaking through fully in the afternoon. Highs reaching near 70. North winds are around 5 miles per hour, which will be drifting westbound in the afternoon at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Your northern Monterey Bay boater forecast for your coastal waters. Northwest winds currently at 10 to 20 knots. Wind waves 2 to 4 feet. West swell 6 to 8 feet at 14 seconds. And south 3 feet at 17 seconds. Six minutes past. Stay tuned for our number two of the Saturday special right here on KSCO and KOMY. Saturday special. My name is MZ, talking about updating the uh, Drake's Bay Oyster Farm situation. I'm sorry, baby, but I really gotta go to KSCO Radio. Bye. And our guest today is Kevin Lunny, who is the owner of uh, Drake's uh, Bay Oyster Farm. Um, and uh, if you want to uh, talk to Kevin, uh, ask him a question. Uh, it's such a complex, uh, you know, story here. I'm sure there are a lot of things that I have not asked, and that you probably have some questions that you or some comments. We invite you to uh, participate in the program by calling eight three one area code four seven nine ten eighty four seven nine one zero eight zero, or you can participate in the program by emailing me mz at ksco.com. Let's go back to the phone lines here and finally take Susan in Live Oak. Uh, She's been waiting for some time. So let's put Susan on. Hey, Susan, how are you doing? Welcome to KSCO. Thank you. I wanted to thank you for having this show and for Kevin for going through the process he's going through and persisting like he is for all of us. I think there's an agenda to, you know, take business away from people and and uh, create a food shortage but um, just to briefly it's not really a detour what I want to talk about really short briefly is um, a foundational issue which is our elections and the last caller brought up Harry Reid and I believe in my looking around on election things that Harry Reid was losing in one election years ago but the um, voting machines broke down and when they came back up he was winning i'm not sure about the details of that but it highlights the fact that harry reed would have been out a long time ago i believe if our election process was legitimate well well that's that's definitely a topic for another program thank you for bringing it up but it's not appropriate to talk about that now well really briefly 
our our elect that puts our election officials in office and they appoint these boards like the coastal commission that are not accountable to us so it's really foundational if you can't see the vote it's fraudulent and i think it's a foundational thing to work on for the long term if we're going to peaceably okay, take I, back I, I, our legal I process see the, i see the connection thank you yeah. for being consistent Thanks. about that uh, susan and we will need to do we, we definitely need to do a program We've done programs in the past a number of times on voter fraud, but <laughs> just like just, we needed to update this program. Keep it, in the, keep it in the forefront because really people are not able to peaceably do this. And, you, you know, you got to, you know, fight it out in the courts. It's a long, drawn-out process, and I think we need to circumvent all this by, you know, keep working on that. And that's all I needed to say on the voting okay. process. Thank you. Well, Thank you very much yeah. for calling four seven nine and eighty. Uh, okay, let's. You've got a number of emails here. Uh, why does your guest think? No, what does your guest think is the real motive for having them kicked off their property? That's what Dave wants. Dave Prue wants to know. What do you say, Kevin? Any that's ideas? A, that's a that's a great question because um, if your audience doesn't kind of know what's going on, uh, that's a great question. Well, we, of course, there was a, an agreement when the seashore was established that all the ranches and farms would stay. But then in 1976, um, Congress passed a new law. It's called the Point Reyes Wilderness Act. And when they passed the Wilderness Act, they made Drake's Estero, where the oysters live, um, potential wilderness. Because it still had, after a half a century of shellfish aquaculture, the largest in the state, it still had wilderness quality because it, it is this, this is a very sustainable kind of a food production um so the reason it didn't make it to full wilderness status in 1976 was because the state of california retained certain rights they retained the right to fish and they retained mineral and mining rights and so the federal government in 1976 says because of the state's retained rights those are the impediments that's the impediment from wilderness the oyster farm was not an impediment matter of fact the authors of the wilderness bill one of them was congressman john burton and the other the co-author was senator john tunney and if you go through and you look at the legislative history and the record if you look at the record of the citizens advisory committee when they created the wilderness act Everybody was clear that, that the oyster farm would stay as a pre-existing use. The 1964 Wilderness Act was not created to drive commercial activity out of existing public land. It, it was to stop new activities. So this was a long pre-existing activity, and everybody thought it was compatible with wilderness. The only reason it wasn't full wilderness because it was the state's rights. Well, what happened is, the Park Service and everybody agreed with that interpretation for 40 years, 35 years. It wasn't until about 2005, 2004, 2005, um, when the Park Service decided to reinterpret the goals or, you know, the intent of Congress in the 70s. And they said, oh, Congress wanted the oyster farm to close. Well, that's unsupportable. It never was said. It was even the Sierra Club in 1976 supported the continuation of Drake of, of the oyster farm in Drake's Estero. This this oyster farm in wilderness status, and it's even said that they should be able to uh, 
operate their motorboats, repair their racks. So to answer your caller's question, what are they trying to do? Well, they've reinterpreted the intent of Congress, and they're suggesting now that, oh, we have to remove the oyster farm to make it full wilderness. And frankly, that's one of the misinterpretations of the law that Secretary Salazar made. He didn't get it. Um, One of our uh, great friends through this battle, the name came up from another caller, but Senator Dianne Feinstein has been fantastic in support of the oyster farm. She has been outraged by the misconduct of the Park Service. She's frustrated that they're trying to reinterpret what Congress wanted. She even wrote a law that was passed. She wrote a, and the statute says that the, that the Secretary of the Interior can issue this permit, notwithstanding those laws, because they knew, she says, okay, you want to misinterpret the laws, you want, you, you want to confuse the laws, we're going to take the law away from you. And they said, you can issue this permit, notwithstanding that wilderness law. So what did they do? They still pointed to that law. Right in the secretary's decision, he says, well, because of the Wilderness Act, the 76-point raised Wilderness Act, um, Congress wanted the uh, oyster farm to go. He's completely wrong, but that's what people have been led to believe. The wilderness activists, the, the extremists, in this case, have repeated it so many times. It says, oh, the oyster farm has to go, and it was always agreed. They even say a deal's a deal because it was supposed to end. It, that's all fabricated, but that is, that's the rationale they're using. I hope that helps. Okay, uh, let's go to our next caller, Mark in Watsonville. Mark, uh, welcome to the Saturday Special with Kevin Lunny and MZ. Hi, gentlemen. On uh, Tuesday, I was driving up to Bodega Bay, and I pulled into the Drake's Bay Oyster Company, so I visited the site. And I'd never been there before. And I'll tell you, if you haven't been there before, it's a little difficult to find. It's very unobtrusive. And I drove down an unpaved road to the Oyster Company, and I was envisioning a giant smokestack with coal smoke belching out of it. But you come around the corner, and you find a half a dozen little buildings and a big pile of oyster shells. So if you didn't know it was there, I don't see how you could be offended by it because it's very difficult to find and impossible to see. And then as far as it being a wilderness, I mean, no offense, but it's a pretty kind of barren spot. It's very windy, and there's no trees, and we'd call it a slough around here, but there's not a whole lot there. It's not like a uh, redwood forest or anything like that. It's a pretty sparse area. And I think it takes a pretty hardy group of individuals to live and work there. I don't see it being a vacation spot for environmental tourists to drop by and see because there's really, there's nothing there. And, uh, the, the people working there are very, very enjoyable to talk to. Um, I told them I'm involved in agriculture here in the Monterey Bay area. And, uh, we work right up against the Monterey Bay Marine Sanctuary. And I tell people from out there, it's like farming next to Yosemite. We've got regulatory agencies from NOAA to federal fish and wildlife to now it's state, used to be state fish and game, now state fish and wildlife. We have California Coastal Commission or the regional, the, the Central Coast Regional Coastal Commission. Um, I mean, well, the Coastal Commission Regional Water Quality Control Board. 
We have uh, Air Resources Board. I mean, it, it's crazy what we, the hoops we have to go through to produce food for California and for America, for the United States. And I think these people live in cities like L.A. and San Francisco and come up with these environmental schemes and restrictions on the producers, producers of food, but they don't. They don't work where we do. They don't go through what we go through, and uh, I don't think they would enjoy it. And to call this, again, it's a nice spot, but as far as being a pristine wilderness, it's not my idea. I mean, it was just a nice little farm, I thought. Yep, it's a, that's a good point. Um, it is farmland, and it's livestock around us, and it's the, the estuary produces fantastic food, as it has for, you know, it's been permitted by fish, fish and Game for Oh, around 85 years and been in continuous operation. And the seashore has a big parking lot just to the north of Drake's Estero at Drake's Beach and just to the south of Drake's Estero in Limitor Beach, both just a short walk to Drake's Estero. And two and a half million visitors come to this national seashore because it's an urban unit of the National Park Service. Uh, MZ already told you it's only an hour away. It's easy, easy day drive. So we have two and a half million visitors that come here, yet they want to rename it wilderness. And so most people that really do understand wilderness can't understand what, what they're doing here. Well, that's one thing I didn't understand. If you drive out to the lighthouse, there's these dairy farms. I guess they're labeled A through P or Q. And they're, they're, uh, existing dairy operations with cows in a dairy barn and the trucks and the, the whole thing. I don't see, again, how that would fit into it being a wilderness. You got, no. uh, dairy operations. I think are great. I, I thought they look fantastic. And, uh, but I don't understand how can that not be a wilderness, but down the hill where you are by the slough, uh, it is. And it made no sense. Yeah, it's. I think it's just. A, it's a tool. It's a wedge people are using to try to to drive us out. Now, we, there's something I, I, fishy going on, and one day we're going to find out what it is. Well, here's here's what I'm concerned, and many of us are very concerned. What the bigger picture is? What what's really happening here? What is happening? Well, this working landscape um, is produces. About 25% of all the agricultural products grown in Marin County comes from the Point Reyes National Seashore. Um, I was born and raised on one of the ranches with my family before my family um, got involved with the oyster farm. From our house, we overlook Drake's Estero. We can see the oyster beds at low tide from our, our windows in our house. Um, so I guess they want us to be looking at wilderness. Um, so this has always been farmland, but what's happening now is the Park Service is not just focused on the oyster farm. They've already shown their hand. They have reintroduced uh, tule elk into the seashore. They knew they would be an invasive species because there are no apex predators left. And in their environmental document, they've, they were given a whole host of tools to control population, including contraception, relocation, even, um, you know, um, lethal control if necessary to control numbers. And when they introduced them, they were, they were introduced into the wilderness area south of, in the south end of the park, south end of the seashore. And, and it says in their document, in their guidance document, in the elk management plan, they're not to impact any other permitted use. One of the alternatives was to let them go on the ranch lands, and the public rejected it in 98. So um, the ranchers felt pretty safe. 
Well, the Park Service has done a reversal on their management. They stopped contraception. They stopped any management whatsoever, and they are allowing them to completely overtake the ranches. And you talked about the alphabet ranches, and the C Ranch and the B Ranch, a couple of our neighbors, dear friends, we've been friends for generations. They're just about out of business. The elk are driving them out of business. It's large herds eating all and, their food. And you feed. say that this is an invasive species that was that was introduced by the Parks Department? Well, I'm calling it an invasive. It's a native. It's a native species, and I don't mean to be um, uh, inflammatory. What I'm saying is when you knowingly, that, that species was once native. It was extirpated in around 1875, and the ranchers have never dealt with them since, okay? But so were the grizzly bears and the mountain lions and the things that actually controlled those, those herds. And those herds used to wander hundreds of miles. Now they have this postage stamp seashore where they want a free-ranging elk herd and then what they and they're but they were given controls because they knew that those populations could go out of control. It's happened all over the state, so they knew the risks. So they built in the controls, and the Park Service has failed to implement. Well, they they started off understanding it the way we did. They would take them off the ranch lands if they came on. They even shot one because it kept coming back. Um, so the ranchers felt like good. They're following the rules. They're following the plan. Then they decided to do a hard right turn and stop managing the elk they're growing at 10 i mean 12 percent per year that herd size is doubling every six years they that's why i'm calling them an invasive species they're a native invasive because there are no real predators left and they are driving the ranchers out of business and the ranchers have been complaining and documenting and talking and, and pleading and what we have is the next wave of this may not be kicked out, but uh, the Park Service is going to be able to one day say, well, you know, we didn't kick out the ranchers. They just decided they couldn't deal with, uh, you know, wildlife or whatever. It's, it's a big concern. So now the Park Service is initiating a new study to think about what they should do with the elk. And what we're saying is just follow the plan you have. Get them off the ranch lands. So it's not just the oyster farm. There may be a bigger plan here that none of us like to think about, and that is drive all the working landscapes out of the seashore. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, they don't say that. They say they care about the ranches and they want them to stay, but actions, um, don't, don't support that. Joe in Boulder Creek uh, sent an interesting email. Kevin commented that they are very liberal in Marin County. Is Kevin himself a liberal and therefore getting what he voted for? Thanks, MZ, Joe in Boulder Creek. <laughs> I don't know if you want to go there or not, uh, uh, Kevin. But uh. Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, no, I wouldn't consider myself a liberal. Uh, all my friends are. I respect them and I respect their views. I don't, I don't, think, they're, I don't, I don't think we have left-wing wackos. I think they're good thinkers and those are our supporters personally. I'm more conservative than the average in Marin, but I think that's kind of, first of all, I'm not sure how relevant that is. Most of people in agriculture do tend to be a little bit more conservative, but um, the, it, it, all, my comment was only to say that uh, even though we are a very liberal community, it, they still all support um, the oyster farm. Right. Not all, but there are there are a few. The wilderness activists, the few, this handful of 
well-funded and vociferous, and really, they're very good at what they do, trying to get messaging out, and they repeat it so often that people begin to believe it. We're we're in awe. They do. They're very effective, and they they rep they you know claim to represent the environmental community who wants the oyster farm gone. Well, that's crazy. Huge numbers of environmentalists think the oyster farm is exactly the right thing. When you people who care about climate change, for example. Um, do they really? We, we produce thirty-five thousand pounds of oysters per week. That's going to have to get on an airplane from Korea every week to come to San Francisco. Is that really the right um, carbon footprint when we when we could produce it right in right next door to the city that's going to consume it? Follow the money. So it's uh, it, it's crazy. They're they're good at they're good at what they do. They're just not. Being honest is the problem. Alan Rofer has sends an email, uh, the subject of which is oyster farm tactics. MZ, if the farm has blacks, Muslims, or women working there, they might accuse the commission of civil rights violations. It's the only way that AG Holder or his Department of Justice would pay any attention to the problem. Are you are you amused by that? I mean, I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get the point. I do get the point. <laughs> <laughs> that was an email to mz at ksco.com. Okay, um, so, um, yeah, well, well Kevin, gee, c- continued success to you because you've had success. The, the oyster farm is still there. It's still operating. The people have not been displaced from their jobs or homes. And I, I think uh, I think it's a wonderful thing that you and your supporters have done uh, to keep up this uh, fight. We're behind you. I mean, we at KSCO are behind you all the way. And, well, thank uh, you. And, whole, and any, anything family. that we can do, you know, we're just a little local radio station here. But if there's anything that we can do, please don't forget to contact us and, and let us uh, let us know. We're we want to we want to roll up the this topic right now. We will take one more call because it looks like Kent and Felton wants to talk here. Uh, okay, Kent, welcome to the KSCO Saturday Special with Kevin Money and MZ. You're on. Yeah, I was just wanted to comment on the Coastal Commission and the state parks are going after all kinds of land. Um, there's people that own property on the beach where the State parks acquired the land, mm-hmm. the surrounding beach, and they were extorting money out of the people that owned the beach already up to the state park, saying, you can give us money. Either we'll take over the beach that you own already and take care of it for you, or you can give us money and and you can keep it and you can keep it up yourself and rip out all the ice plant and put in natives everywhere and and the ice plant was already existing already all over there but um and so the people didn't want to mess with it so they just paid them money like over hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep the property that they already own Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, for calling the Saturday special and uh, and contributing that. Did and they also like took peers away from people. I heard in Tahoe, and then 
other people that fought it got to keep their peers, but the people that didn't got their got them taken away. I don't know as much about that. And then I also they've like taken some coastal access away that people are fighting over right now. Um, okay. Alrighty. Thank you, Canton Felton. We appreciate your call to the Saturday special. Um, so Kevin, yeah, continued uh, luck. Uh, you know, good good things for you and the and the and the whole oyster farm family. Well, I just want to say, MZ, thank you for um, allowing you know me to be on your show. Um, we really appreciate it. Our whole family is uh, indebted to people like you and people around us and the community um, for supporting what's true and right. And if any of your listeners are interested in learning more about the facts, there's a website called SaveDrakesBay.com, and it's constantly kept up to date. Uh, there are ways you can help if you look at the website, and we really can use all the help we can get because this is a this is a story where there are two two large agencies that we're we're trying to you know fend off at the same time. So thank you is again. There, is there Andy. a place to donate? Uh, you know, if people want to help that way on on that website, like a yeah. PayPal donate button or something. Yeah, there actually is. Um, one of the things that we're trying to do, as I mentioned, is, is this enormous uh, PR machine that has been working against us. We have people that want to help us with, you know, correcting the message. And so there's actually a, a fundraising going on right now um, that's on that website that people can contribute what they can. And it'll help us. You know, and help our community get that message out. That's the that's the truth, and uh, so that's what that's it is going on. There's also legal defense. Um, there's even an opportunity to help with legal defense funding. So, well, thank you for asking, Mike, Michael. For sure. Well, we're going to um, we're going to change the subject now. Uh, I'm very interested in people's impressions uh, of our new uh, of our particular new program from four to seven p.m. Uh, Lupe in Santa Cruz is has called here. I don't know. I, I let me let me just bring her on real quick. Lupe, uh, did you want to talk with Kevin real quick before we we cut him loose? Uh, no, I didn't know. I didn't want to be off topic, and I, I heard you were talking about kind of property rights issues. Just I just tuned in, so uh, I had a comment on that. But uh, okay, go ahead, go ahead, real quick. Well, well, actually, Michael, I'm glad I'm able to speak with you directly because. I've been listening to in the morning, and I really enjoy the news show. Okay, well, wait a second. We want to let Kevin go. If you if you, if you want to say okay. anything about the oyster farm, that's say it now. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, it's not about the oyster farm. It's, it's okay. About never, okay. Thank you. That's that's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I try to I try to let, give people every chance uh, possible, you know, to to talk. Kevin, thank you so much. My best to you and and, and the family, and uh, we'll we'll be looking for an update here. Uh, uh, in, in the coming, uh, uh, weeks, okay? Thank you, MZ. Take care. You have a good one. That Bye-bye. Kevin, that's Kevin Lunny, who is the, um, along with his wife, uh, Nancy, uh, is the, uh, owner of the Drake's Bay Oyster Farm. Um, and it's an amazing, uh, operation that I encourage everyone listening, uh, to visit if you have the opportunity to do so. It's a wonderful drive about an hour north uh, in West Marin uh, from the Golden Gate Bridge here in San Francisco. Uh, okay, so Lupe, uh, you're back on the air here, so you're on. Okay, uh, well, first, I'd like to second what you say about the oyster farm up there. It, it's, uh, it provides uh, 
jobs to people. It, it makes a big part of the oyster production up. And and I've been following that that that, that uh, I really agree with you, and I'm very supportive of them. So I wanted to mention that because uh, okay, I, I didn't. Okay. Hello. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. So also, so, so what my my comment was in section two was so every on the news uh, all week. What I've been hearing is being reported is uh, uh, the uh, kind of not the celebration, but the fact that the uh, this uh, uh, it's called a journalist or day labor hiring center on uh, I think it's 17th Avenue has just been in uh, operation for a year, and and I I uh, you know I hear Kay commenting about le- uh, legal and illegal immigration, and basically this is a hiring center for undocumented workers. Who uh, are in Santa Cruz and Live Oak, and uh, uh, I think it's illegal for one thing, but it's certainly taking jobs away from legal residents, underemployed or unemployed legal residents and citizens. Uh, these are like landscaping, painting. These aren't the, the jobs that Americans are just too too difficult for you know, real Americans to do. So I just found it interesting that you'd be reporting this on the news as something that's newsworthy or something that maybe we should be uh, thankful for because I'm not. And I don't think the unemployed and unemployed, the legal residents are either. Anyway, I just wanted to mention. I don't know if you were aware. Wait a minute, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. Are, are you saying it's it's uh, paradoxical that we uh, or inappropriate that we that, that we put out that news story, which I, I I have nothing to do with the news department. I don't tell them how to do their job. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. I do because because uh, I think it's uh, it's 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 not in the best interest of our community to be forwarding the interest of. Uh, Foreign, undocumented, illegal workers. This for twelve dollars to fifteen dollars net per hour. Over the interest of people in Live Oak and Santa Cruz who are on and underemployed. I see what you're saying. Wow, I I, I feel a Saturday special coming up here. Oh, okay, okay. Well, thanks, Michael. I appreciate being able to have input into that. You bet. Okay, thank you, Lupe, for your call to the Saturday special. Here's uh, next caller, Marjorie in Santa Cruz. Hey, Marjorie, thanks for calling KSEO. You're on. Yeah, good morning, Michael. I'm sort of like a fire-eating dragon about the water situation here. And, I mean, so far the, the city council has approved two new, two new hotels to go up. They're building a new a park in uh, Capitola, and they're going to be planting that. They just finished the park over on Murray and put big wooden boxes and planted that. Then Capitola just approved another hotel. And Caltrans, when they extended the freeway, planted both sides of the freeway. But I guess we're not in a drought, right? No, we're not and, in a drought. No, no, we yeah, had we had we had an inch or two of rain the other day. Well, That's no what? drought. Residents, residents are being penalized. We're going to be allowed now a hundred gallons of water a day. We're taking out four lawns, which I've always wanted to do anyway because we live on two acres. But it seems to me like the city council has gone to sleep. The rest of the states have gone to sleep. And a friend of mine went to L.A. I guess they get their water from someplace else. And her son lives in a pretty nice upscale neighborhood. Everybody's in in the uh, driveway washing their cars. And Sand City just approved a new project, a new hotel with 184 rooms, restaurants, a swimming pool, a spa, and 184 new condominiums. So I don't know why there isn't some kind of moratorium. In fact, I went to a meeting, and I said, I don't understand why you approved the, the new hotels. And that. Well, we need income. I said, what good is income going to do you if you don't have any water? And when people come to a vacation spot and stay in a motel or a hotel, I don't think they take a two-minute shower like I've been taking. 
but I wondered if you could have maybe the water company on, which doesn't advertise that a man took a video of another water truck coming from uh, Aromas. Our Santa Cruz City Water Department has contracts with other cities around here to fill up at our water stations, and nobody tells you that. Now, that's very strange. I know. And so it just, it just, you know, as a resident and trying to be good and all that, it just seems like we're going over our way. And we could have done the same thing that New Mexico did on either side of the freeway, have beautiful cement work like Tom Ralston does with, like, orcas and porpoises. But, no, we planted the darn thing. And I went by about two and a half months ago, full sun, 76 degrees, there's a landscape truck there, and he's got sprinklers on all that new planting in a drought. Wow. But that's all I'm going to say. But I wish you would have a special because uh, my husband has a discussion group every week, and one of the guys coming to it has been working on something for five years, which the water companies don't like, the fisheries don't like. Marjorie, and, do, do me a favor, and when you get mm-hmm. a chance, email me with that idea, okay, along with some suggestions of people. Okay. Here, mzkso.com. Yes, Before you leave, yeah. what do you think of the new afternoon drive program on KSCO? The one that between four and seven. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not anywhere around to listen. Is that is that the two women? No, no. It, it's Who is two it? men. It, it's oh, it's Dave, Dave, and, it's Dave, Dave and Michaels and and the traffic lackey. I have heard it coming home. I love it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, I, I think it's really injected some life yeah. into, into KSCO. Yeah. I think it's, they're very it's good. It's alive. Our station is alive. I'm so excited. <laughs> God dang. Well, guess I was, what? I, think- I was walking up and down the, the uh, Embarcadero here in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Uh, I spend half the time up here and half the time in Santa Cruz. And uh, I could not... I could not stop listening, and people were looking at me like I was crazy because I was <laughs> laughing out loud. Yeah. I, was la- I, I haven't been so entertained by anything. Yeah. I can't even remember the last time I was so entertained. Anyhow, this program, I think we, I think we got a winner on our hands. I think yes, and have, I also do. I love, I, love, I love Georgia. Yes. Well, good. Yeah, no, no. And, we, uh, and Acosta. And, and the cost of the new show, I, I forgot. The new, I do listen four to seven. I love them. I love Georgia and I love DaCosta. And you know, I'm not really, I'm middle of the road, so I try to hear both opinions. And, uh, sometimes I listen to Rush Limbaugh and I agree, but he's an entertainer. And a lot of the stuff. So were these guys. So, so, yeah, are, so, are Dave, so are Dave and Lackey. And that's what people want. Yeah. They want to be entertained, I think, in, in their, and laugh after and have their fun. long drive, after their, on their commute home after a long, hard day at work. So, well, I don't anyhow. know what their personal relationships, but on air they sound like they really like each other, even though they have difference of opinion. So anyway. Yeah. Great. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Marjorie. Here's Ben and Salinas. Uh, by the way, that opens up line, a line at, at 479-1080. That's an area 831. Give us a call. Want to hear from you? Definitely want want uh, want you to check in and let us know uh, what you think of the new afternoon drive program. Ben and Salinas, I mean the great Ben. Excuse me, Michael. Tonight. This is the great Ben, and I'm calling to because uh, I was uh, prompted to call by some of your more uh, last few callers. These racists that like to call and complain about that hiring center they have on is I guess it's Seventh or Seventeenth Avenue. The reason. 
Those people are there to go out and get those jobs and pay attention, people. They're not there dealing drugs or stealing or chasing your daughters or, or doing uh, vile things. They're there because they, they believe in the honor that it is to work and feed your family. And these races just can't stand it. But remember, the only reason they're there to get those jobs is because you, you lazy little racists don't know how to work. They think a shovel is something to lean on. They were that, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, God, God bless you, Michael, for having the courage to, to try different things on the air. And I think your people should really respect what you, you do more for the community than the whole city council does. Because you bring stuff to the air, people try to walk by and ignore. There's a lot of racism. Uh, there's a lot of homelessness. And pay attention, people. Less than 1% of the homeless out there are Hispanic. Less than 1%. That's by your own statistics. So stop your racism. Stop your teabagger Nazi st nonsense. And treat your fellow human beings with respect. This is Easter Sunday. Think holy thoughts. Think good Amen. thoughts. I, no, that's that's good advice. And also good. about I, I've got to ask you. I've got to ask you one thing. Sure. When you talk, you call the radio station. You're very passionate. You're one of my favorite callers, and I know a lot of people appreciate. Well, I don't you. call the play or and I know you're, very, you're, you're dead serious. How, however, why is it that you keep referring to the Tea Party? people they're tea baggers and there's not the tea baggers when that's they, a terrible sexual innuendo hey that's the truth i'm sorry but sometimes the truth hurts the fcc has certain rules that you can't do the seven words uh of george carlin i mean i i don't break fcc rules and the reason i call on ksco and i'm proud to say that ever since the days of of, of ted jefferson and a lot of our uh, Don't forget Jack Muth. Jack, John, is it Jack Muth or John Muth? Oh, we, we called him Jack, but yeah, it's John Muth, you're right. Okay, Mr. Muth, and also uh, your other friend, uh, the one from the Cuban, uh, what's the name? Jose. Who lives Jose Novo, yeah. Jose I mean, I'm, 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 that's why I feel emotionally attached to the station. And about uh, uh, Dave and, and uh, the, the, what's, his, what's his name? Traffic uh, Lackey. The, the Lackey, yeah. Dave and him. Dave is very mellow and cool. He appeals to a lot of the people on any side of any line. And what I like about Lackey, he is pretty well informed and he's edgy. When they call and they speak respectfully to him, he responds in kind. But when they call to be rude and put their racist or their stupid nonsense on the air, he's, he is pleasantly informed they and comes viciously, back. They viciously attack him, and so he doesn't... He well, he is viciously, and he's, he's handling it well. And I also, even though politically I don't agree with Georgia on everything, but I really like the, the color blend, the cross crossover between the Georgia... And Dave Michaels and the fact he's a young father dealing with the vicissitudes of being a young father and Lackey has, you know, they're the new John and Ken of this area and they will rise to that level if unless crap gets in the way. And believe me, I call and I don't agree with Lackey and everything, but we talk and he responds with respect, even though sarcastic. Hey, I'm sarcastic. I don't like Nazis. I don't like the crap that President Obama's doing. Instead of fighting for Ukrainians, why don't he fight for our Bill of Rights? And stop okay. this. 
he doesn't address habeas corpus. He doesn't address the fact we need to extend unemployment extension for we the people. Those, there is a treasury because we pay taxes. You and I, Michael. Now, by the way, uh, listen. Yes, sir. Uh, great Ben and Salinas, thank you so much for your call. I need to remind people before I forget, and I will forget if I don't do this right now. In case you haven't heard Happy Hour, which I think we're going to change the name up pretty soon. I think we're going to change the name of that show to, from Happy Hour to um, Flight 1080. I think that was uh, that was uh, a, a phrase that used, good. By, you used by the traffic. I think that's a really cool name. Yeah, in case you, you haven't tuned in and heard it, you don't have to wait until Monday through Friday at, from 4 to 7 p.m. You can go right to KSCO.com right now this minute or right to ZBSRadio.com. ZBSRadio.com or KSCO.com. And you'll you find it I'm in two at. seconds. You can listen to whatever you want on demand. And you can do it on your smartphone. You can do it on your iPad. You can do it on your on your computer. You can do it anywhere. You know, you know what I will, will look forward to, Michael, is when because they do stream that, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, we, I can we have, streams, you we start have, getting, we have I this wanna, live stream, and we have streaming of individual programs that we produce at KSEO. And I will look forward to when they, on your schedule, forward, not ours. I look forward to when they can stream it from Texas, Florida, New York, Hawaii, and let some of these. Teabagging Nazis from Australia. Let them call and tangle asses with our people. We're California. We're strong. We're right. It's better to be strong and not wrong. And we deal okay. with the truth and the truth only. And if people don't like what I say, hey, I don't give a damn. I don't call to be popular. Yeah, if it's people don't like what you say, Ben and Salinas, bleep them, right? Okay, thank you so much. That was Ben and Salinas. Here's Larry in Santa Cruz. Hi, Michael. Uh, hey, Larry in Santa Cruz. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. I was inspired by the, the woman that called last talking about the freeway planting. Um, it just made me think uh, that I've noticed for years that uh, along our highways we construct beautiful, what they call split face block walls. And those are not gray concrete block walls. They're split face block, real attractive, but they cost considerably more than a gray concrete block would cost. And then I've noticed that we plant climbing vines that we water to cover this expensive split base block. And it just seemed to me to be uh, uh, incongruous thought, you know, that we, we build something beautiful and then we cover it with vines that we have to water. And the woman that was just on got me thinking about that because I was driving down Highway 1 and watching it going on right now well we aim to get people thinking here at your favorite radio station and we do nice. with your, with nice your help of course thank you nice so job. much thank you for calling that was larry in santa cruz here's steve in soquel hi steve hi michael long dead listening for decades i think flight 1080 is a huge improvement you just really got lucky and speaking of lucky lackey is uh a very talented guy. You're probably not going to have him. He's probably going places. Oh, yeah. Um, We're probably not going to be able to hang on to Lackey more than another no, week or two, I no, think, before but, he gets but, offered a job by, um, you know, ABC or something like that. Yeah, well, you got Not ABC. Not ABC. Anyway. They're not ABC, but um, Premier Radio Networks. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, he did. Wow. That's too bad. 
But it's been great for as long as it's last, and uh, it's great that you're trying different things and moving forward. I, I This is the most amazing experiment in communications. Not an experiment in communications. It's it's kind of like holding well, on to you, Just to prove what I said, that you can do it on demand, I've got my iPhone held up right to my microphone here. And if I press the play button... It's going to play a little bit of the... the, the we'll be right back after this. Oh. You may have heard about the 90th century. Oh, well, let's, let's, let's go, let's uh, go um, beyond this. Cinco de Mayo? Fantastic. We got beer, we got tequila, we got good Mexican food. Who doesn't like Mexican food? Name me one good Muslim dish. You can't do it. One. <laughs> one. Muslim cuisine. I'm going to Google this. And I'm going to prove to you that there is nothing there that... Chinese Islam. There's such a thing? That's bizarre, but name me, one, name me one Islamic dish that's good to eat, or one alcoholic uh, beverage that, that they have that's good. There's none. No benefits to this holiday that you're thinking of. This is a crazy idea, Lackey. Well, I didn't know there was crazy. a test. Well, wait a minute. What did you think? You're just going to throw this out there and no one's going to think about this? Think about it. What is going to, what good is going to come of this? There's not supposed there's to be. There's no good food. There's no good clothing. There's no good, there's no good, no good nothing. There's not supposed to be tests on holidays. That's the whole point. You take a holiday. You don't have to do homework and take tests. Okay, anyhow, you, you get the point on it. Yeah, great. It's, you just yeah, go to KSCO.com. That's right off of KSCO.com. You click on the listen on demand. or the, It's a listening options, I think, uh, they have it here. No, that's anyhow, you, you can get whatever you want, but I, I could I could be entertained listening to the uh, 4 to 7 app, now new PM Drive program. I could be entertained just listening to that and nothing else. If I want to yeah, be happy, well, that's what I do. I tune in, and and, and I love to... I, I love to hear the way they handle, uh, you know, callers who uh, who don't oh, like them. Remarkably, remarkably gifted. I mean, so respectful. Even you know, people are being completely off the wall, and he's being entertaining and being respectful at the same time. Um, he's he's really got the touch. And as long as he lasts with KSCO, great. Great. Okay. Thank you, Stephen. So, Kelly, appreciate Here's Randall in Los Gatos. Hi, Randall in Los Gatos. Good morning. Couple things. One, um, I purposely turned in your new afternoon show, and it could only take ten minutes. But you're changing your demographics. You're making changes. You don't need me. Secondly, yes, we oh, we do need you. We need everybody. And I, and I, I was I having a, this. I was having a discussion with with someone the other day, just yesterday, I think, and we both agreed. That we can, we can, uh, uh, we can obtain younger demographics on KSCO and maintain our older demographic. Now, it sounds like you don't believe that, at least with this program. Am I right, Randall? Look, not, not for them, not for me, anyway. Well, what, what don't um, you like about it? Well, I, uh, I find that they're very shallow thinking, and I might be in disagreement with somebody. Well, give give me an idea. What, what's an example of shallow well, thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Michael. I only listened 10 minutes. And, and, you, and you, may I respectfully I, suggest that you tune in, not for another well, 10 minutes, but for the whole two or three hours, and tune in three or four more times. And if you do, <laughs> if you do that, I think you're going to discover something that you are going to really, really, really like. Randall. By the I, way, how, I, old, how old are you? Uh, in a couple of days, I'll be 68. Okay. Um, I, I agree with you that I will try it again um, because 
There are so many people who absolutely hated it when it started. And I said, and they sent me email, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails I've received since in the last couple of weeks. And well, uh, I, I, if, if I just okay. say, if you give it a chance, give it a chance, go back, try it a few more times. I swear it's going to grow on you. It's going to grow well, I on you. I, I applaud you for the changes you're making. You want, you want the Muslims to have a holiday, and then the next thing you know, like I said, you know, you, you're going to be, I don't know. You're inviting trouble. Everybody's united on this. This is what's going to happen. They're going to be throwing around, instead instead of firecrackers, like the Chinese or Mexicans, they're going to be throwing around bombs. Well, we had that. That's going to be your holiday. Sounds like real Del Mar on 4th of July. That's what you want, Lackey. That's what it sounds like. That's what you want. You're on your way to it. Anyhow, if that's shallow, I think we could use more shallowness. <laughs> well, thank, it, thanks for it, checking it, in, Randall, and I it, hope you'll give it, it another chance. Well, one more point. It's your sure. station, Michael. But the second thing is, I, I, as a conservative, I find it amusing to have the great Ben of call in and start accusing people of being racist. I find the people who scream it the loudest are, in fact, the ones who are racist. So with that, I'll leave you. That makes sense. Well, thank you for calling 479-1080. We do appreciate that. Terry and Carmel is next up. Terry, welcome to KSCO. You're on. I just tuned in a few minutes ago, so I don't really know the general topic of your show, but you're, people were critiquing the uh, uh, the afternoon uh, previous happy hour. Yeah, that, that's uh, it. That's I'm, what I'm interested in for the last okay. half hour of the show here. So oh, okay, great. Six more minutes. Well, let's go for it. I've definitely tuned in uh, you know, over a dozen times, and I really only can take a few minutes of it because... They generally have, you know, fairly toilet humor. And, you know, I don't, I think Lackey does have talent. I don't think Dave Michaels really thinks before he talks. He just is all over the place and, uh, they're, they have no cohesion to their topics and it's just sliding all over the place like a short attention span theater. Uh, I don't get a lot of joy out of it and, um, I, I prefer Charlie's more measured and, uh, reasonable approaches to, to discussions. I find that these guys tend to belittle their, their guests uh, a little bit more than I would expect from a professional outfit. Well, no, we never claim to be professional. <laughs> right. Well, you just have to get paid to be professional, right? No. I mean, you know, we are who we are and proud of it, you know. I mean, I'm the last thing that would could that anybody would call professional, me personally. I don't give a damn what people think. I, I like it if they if they're happy, you know. Um, but uh, God, I mean, people who are professional sort of, you know. I mean, there's a place for them, and there's a place for off the wall people. And well, KSCO, you, what, KSCO is, is 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 something for everybody. And I I like people who are who are humorless soreheads to just uh, you know chill out a little bit here now and then. You know, it gives oh, me yeah, the I mean, great. It gives me the greatest um, personal satisfaction to to see a humorless person uh, 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 crack a smile and and just burst out laughing. And that's what I I, I hope we can do. You know, with with KSCO time. Yeah, I mean, I I think that their humor tends to be of a low quality. But if that's what you're going for, then that's. I guess what you're going for. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's pretty highbrow. God, what what must that what must that place me at? You know. Well, well maybe it's, I, maybe it's a combination of, of both what you think is highbrow and what I think is lowbrow, and maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of both. So yeah. maybe 
maybe it's both. But, but anyhow, but, so listen, I, I don't know how, it sounds like you've given it a pretty fair shake, and, and you know, yeah. for sure, for sure, you know, you can't please everybody, but I, I predict that we're going to have, that, that it is going to be a big hit, and it's going to be one of those things where, where not not right away, but you know, if 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 we can if we can keep it you know on the right track and moving ahead and growing, well, I, I, guess I, I, I think we won't have problems securing advertisers. I, I think we'll be taking orders one of these days right. for people for well, people who want their for for businesses that want their ads to be on that program. Well, you I know? think that's interesting that you did want you know you're kind of giving it some time and some. Uh, trying to get its legs under it, you know, and giving it, be patient for that. I was actually going to tell you that I was really enjoying uh, that show, uh, I think it was, maybe it was Wednesday or so on, uh, in the middle of the day, two to four, she was English, and... Uh, oh, yeah, Ruth Coughlin, really yeah, Ru Ruth is coming back, she's coming back on the 27th, I think, you're running some uh, 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 promos, uh, her show's okay, going to be great. on, her show's going to be on, uh, uh, I think it's... Um, 8 to 10 p.m. On, on Saturday night starting in a couple of weeks. Or starting well, within a couple of weeks from now. Starting oh, well, in a week, I, I think, maybe. A week from today. 9, oh, 7, 16, yeah, the 26th. Yeah, I was really enjoying it during my, you know, drive times during the during the day. You, you can still around. enjoy it during your drive time. Just just set your smartphone to uh, to listen to that then. That's All what's right, so well, amazing. When, when people complain and they say, oh... You know, I, we hate it that we can't hear Charlie during the drive time. I said, of course, you can hear Charlie during the drive time. You just right. you, you listen through zbsradio.com and you program it that way, or you listen through right. kseo.com. That's I a really hard thing for people to be able to you know to to, to understand here because it's so new. No, no, I, I understand, but uh, I, I like interacting with their show. You know, calling sure. in. I, well, you I can that. just that you'll have to do between eight and ten p.m. Right. Anyhow, right. thank you, Terry. Appreciate your All call right. to this Saturday special. Here's Charlie in Monterey. Charlie, you're on. Yes, sir. Charlie. Hi. How are you? Good, good. But there's only a minute left of the show, so you got to make I'll it a little snappy. I'll make snap it quick. Yeah. Lackey, I, I don't agree with a lot of stuff, but I do make a good point of view. It makes me think, which is good. But putting those two together is like a Mutt and Jeff show. It's, it doesn't seem like it's professional enough. Well, it certainly Lackey, isn't Lackey by himself. And that's what program. I love about it. It's not professional. Well, I and I, think, and I think I it's, it's you're, real. You're losing people. It's real. It's not professional. It's real. Anyhow. No, it's not like a Mutt and Jeff show. Okay. Another well, you, you don't have to listen, but we hope that you will, and I think it will grow on you. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Keep keep doing it. Anyhow, there goes Charlie. Uh, I want to, um, it's almost the end of the radio program. Uh, this is this is from T. Uh, yeah, T. New lineup on KSU. I love, love, love the new lineup on KSU. I really like what Dave Michaels has done with the happy hour. He's an awesome pilot of Flight 1080. His co-pilot, the lackey, is okay, <clears throat> but his anti-Second Amendment rants get old. I also like uh, the Charles Friedman show at noon. I really like hearing Charlie, but can't stand the old fart music, spelled P-H-A-R-T, that he overplayed in the old time slot. So far, it's been great, and, uh, and he has kept up the crusty music to a minimum. All right, there's more, but that's it. Uh, th that's it. Uh, do, the, do, the, do the that's all, folks, uh, and then we'll say KSO Santa Cruz. Salinas Monterey, San Jose, it's 12 
CBS News. I'm Steve Dorsey. South Korean authorities are raising new concerns about the crew of a ferry that sank there. The boat's captain and two crew members are under arrest, accused of negligence. Prosecutors say the third mate steering that doomed ferry was a rookie. CBS News Transportation Safety Analyst Mark Rosenker. The licensing procedures and the certification of the Korean maritime officials are certainly... Uh, something that's going to be looked at in this uh, investigation. Uh, where the captain was, why was he not on the bridge in these critical areas? At least 36 are dead, hundreds are missing. In eastern Ukraine, pro-Russian armed groups that have taken over government buildings are refusing to leave. They say they'll stay put until Ukraine's acting government resigns. CBS's Holly Williams. In a tense and dangerous standoff, militants here in eastern Ukraine are occupying government offices in around 10 towns and cities. This crisis threatens to split Ukraine in two and is also a test of Russia and whether Moscow will continue to intervene militarily in neighboring countries. The groups are defying the diplomatic deal reached Thursday in Geneva. An official says a U.S. drone strike killed nine suspected al-Qaeda militants and three civilians in Yemen. CBS News senior national security analyst Juan Zarati. It's clear that the U.S. remains supremely concerned about the threat coming out of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. That's the al-Qaeda affiliated in Yemen. It remains a potent force, crater of instability in both Yemen and in Saudi Arabia, but also continuing to focus on attacking the United States and the West. Nigeria's hostage situation continues. Nigeria says 44 of the 129 kidnapped high school girls have escaped, but the Islamic terrorist group Boko Haram is still holding 85 of them. The group is opposed to Western education. The girls were abducted from their school Monday, and the inability of the Nigerian military to find and free them suggests the government is struggling to counter the group fighting for a breakaway Islamic state. The education minister says he prays the girls will return safely. Larry Miller, CBS News, London. SpaceX heads to the space station. This has been a big week for SpaceX. Yesterday's launch to the space station and earlier an agreement to lease Kennedy Space Center's historic launch pad 39A for 20 years. NASA Administrator Charles Bolden. NASA has today's property agreement with SpaceX that allows them to develop Launch Complex 39A to serve as a platform to support the company's future commercial launch activities. That will likely include the return of human space flight launches from Kennedy Space Center, possibly in two to three years. SpaceX's competitor, Sierra Nevada, hopes to launch its own Dream Chaser space plane from nearby Cape Canaveral Air Force Station, starting in two years. Peter King, CBS News, Orlando. This is CBS News. Buying a car can be a stressful experience. Well, TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever. TrueCar.com helps car buyers get rid of the fear that you might overpay. Last month, nearly 45,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. And TrueCar users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Second, register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Every day, True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Visit today. 
You have it tuned in to KSCO AM 1080 and KOMY AM 1340. Serving Santa Cruz, San Jose, Salinas, Monterey, and Watsonville. Four minutes past, 12 noon, Saturday, April 19th, 2014, 63 degrees at KSCO Studios. Your friendly voice, Aaron Shore, with your local King of the Hill traffic and Central Coast weather. An earlier accident at 8129 West Ziani Road that resulted in no injuries, thank goodness, was cleared shortly before 12 noon. Vehicle had gone into a creek. CHP crew and emergency personnel are clearing the scene. At Highway 1 at DeMeo here in Santa Cruz, an accident took place in the number one lane. Looks like there was a traffic hazard, a vehicle in the number one lane. Units have just finished clearing that scene. Also, uh, Highway 9 just south of River Street at Highway 9 Connection, there is a traffic hazard resulting in major traffic backing up near the Fishhook continuing on through past the San Lorenzo Bridge near the River Street Connection and to Highway 9. It will not clear up until you pass River Street. Highway 17 